Welcome to the Autonomy Talent Podcast, where we feature creatives, discuss what they do, what they do to promote their creative endeavors, and try to come up with new methods that might boost their results and yours. We'll also have the occasional industry expert here to talk about what's new in digital marketing. So enjoy the show and remember to always live intentionally. There we go. It just took right. a couple seconds to pop up. All right, everybody. Welcome to Autonomy Talent, the podcast. I have a special guest coming to us from California today. He's with the Forge Collective Agency. They're a marketing firm out of California. They're um, specializing in musicians, but according to the website, they work with all kinds of different creative people, podcasters, um, small businesses, clothing labels, you name it. So let's just jump right into it. Vince, would you care to introduce us yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about what you do? Uh, yeah, I'm Vince. I'm the owner of Forge Collective Agency. Um, what we do kind of is, I call it a, an agency experience with a collaborative network of freelancers, meaning that if you're in California, we can shoot a music video for you. Um, we could do web design from anywhere um, and all all of that is done through freelancers that we all kind of work together and create the solid one picture. Excellent. Yeah, that's kind of what autonomy is doing as well. We're just just getting going, but the term autonomy extends not only to the, our clients, but to the people we work with also. So it's, it winds up being the same type of a principle. Autonomy comes in that we want our clients to retain ownership of their material. We don't want to be a, like a label that seizes ownership only to offer you the opportunity to buy it back 20 some years later. We want you to maintain ownership of your own creative works all the time. And we also extend that to our, the people we work with, you know, we, we work with freelancers just like yourself. So it's like, we've got a lot of similarities going on here. I love that. That all sounds amazing. Absolutely, man. It's, it's the way the modern world's working. I mean, it's a sharing economy. It's, that's, I mean, you look at it's just the same thing, the same principle as Uber or Airbnb. It's all the same principle. Yeah, exactly. So what types of services do you typically offer? Like this is a base. Um, say, say I was a new band. I was just kind of trying to pop off. I had me a little bit of a social media following, but not a lot. What would your first thing do when I, if I messaged you and said, hey, what can you do for me? So what I really believe in a lot is um, these, these services are tailored completely to musicians. Um, I believe in circulating press releases and press kits uh, so I can kind of create those for my clients. Um, and then, of course, I believe in press and playlist or outreach. Uh, just, you know, send emails uh, constantly uh, looking for the people who are going to love your music. Absolutely. It's all about finding those people out there who resonate with what you do, right? Exactly. I mean, 
there's so much music out there today, but there's so many more people consuming more music because, I mean, we carry our playlist with us everywhere we go these days. It's not like we have a, a, a big box of cassette tapes in our car that we, you know, we've, we've got it all right here. You're, you can listen to almost any song anywhere, anytime, right from your device you carry in your pocket. So it's there's so much more being consumed right now. So the market is wide open. And, and if you like it, it's your thing, your type of music. There's sure, surely other people out there that will resonate with it as well. Yeah, absolutely. That actually kind of brings me to what I call the the trifecta. Uh, so I mentioned p- press outreach and press materials and getting those out. But m- three things I have found that really, really work for musicians and music brands are Instagram, email, and influencer campaigns, believe it or not. And what types of influencers are you typically reaching out to, to for artists? Um, I know it's it's a little tricky because there aren't a lot of influencers that are just for music. But if you find the right influencer with the right engagement and the following who really is engaging with their content, um, you know, I actually I I increase streams on a hip hop song a hundred percent by using a fitness influencer. So you really you kind of, if you think a little bit out of the box, you can get somewhere. There's a lot of people who uh, love hip hop on Instagram or love electronic music. So those people are great influencers too. But uh, it all just depends on really mostly their metrics and where their followers are. Exactly. There's a, a, one model in particular that I've reached out to just recently to uh, about doing some uh, influencer work for a, a metal band I'm working with. <laughs> she's, she's, she's an inked up Instagram model. And she does some adult-oriented material outside of Instagram as well. But she has um, tattoos of various – several bands. I mean, like she's got like the Lamb of God tattoo on her leg. And she's got the, the, the logo for Avenged Sevenfold tattooed across right under her neck on her top of her chest. So she's heavily into metal music. So she pulls in a lot of people that are as well. So I'm talking with her about doing some influencer work for a metal band I'm working with. I would definitely encourage you to do that. That would be huge. The great thing about uh, influencer campaigns is that they really, I mean, if you want to increase streams, I don't, I haven't found any other marketing tactic that increases streams like an influencer campaign. It's all about eyeballs. You've got to get the eyeballs on your material or in the ears on your material in this case. Yep. Just go with, go where the attention is and, uh, if you've got, especially, I mean, you look at Instagram and what's the couple of the biggest things on there, fitness, health and fitness, uh, models, which kind of goes along with the fitness thing a little bit. Totally. And and like makeup tutorials are like one of the biggest things on there. I personally don't get it, but hey, <laughs> that's not, of course I wouldn't, but. Right. <laughs> you know, if you can find ways to tie into those people that have huge audiences and it makes sense, it's relevant, you jump on it. Yep, exactly. Most of them, the, the price points for a lot of these influencers is really great, too. They're not charging a lot, but they might have a million followers. Their post might get 100,000 views or more, and you can get you know, 20, 50 bucks or something like that for them to do a quick post for you, or maybe a couple hundred, depending on the size of their audience. You know, But it, relatively speaking, it's a very, very good deal for your dollar. Yeah, um, that brings me to, you know, I really like uh, micro-influencers for music campaigns because their following's usually a little more engaged, and those are the ones who have under, 
about 10k about around 10k followers to 100,000 followers and like that last campaign I was talking about we did that for 20 bucks nice that's 20 bucks per influencer I would assume yep yeah and you can reach a lot of people there especially if you get really targeted to someone who's whose audience is going to be mostly shared with yours yeah exactly it it can be done it's pretty it's pretty cool you could even just google you know music influencers and then some people will pop up absolutely i i've actually done that for a couple of campaigns but not not extensively as of yet so sure wow so uh you, you mentioned about something about um, playlisting and reaching out to playlists. I assume you just are finding some of the most relevant ones to your artists and just just pestering the crap out of them until you get get something somebody's attention. Or how is that working out for you? That is a hundred percent correct. <laughs> um, you know, and like I say, we can keep doing it. Uh, there's no like you know, I, there's no real limits with me. I, I just want to get you playlisted. So you'll get your first like hundred people I'll outreach to. And if that doesn't work out, I'll keep doing it for you. Uh, just because it does take time and it takes effort, but it is so worth it. Have you th- given any thought as to curating playlists yourself? You know, um, to be honest, I do. Um, uh, there's only one on my website right now, but there's a bunch on my uh, my older website. Uh, and they're, they're monthly playlists. I call them the Weekend Warrior Playlists for people who like to work through the weekend. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Like us. Yeah. <laughs> this is Saturday morning, by the way, everybody. So It's le- about 11 o'clock here in in Texas and almost 9 o'clock over on the West Coast on Saturday morning. So. That's awesome, man. Um, I really kind of like the sounds of what you're doing. I hope – I really look forward to getting a chance to collaborate with you in the near future. Likewise. I really like what you're doing. I love how you're all about artist empowerment. That's that's what it's all. I mean, that's what it's all about. Being an artist myself, a musician myself. I I just I'm trying to create the agency that I would want. Yeah, beautiful. And so I figure if it's what I want, it's what a lot of people. Uh, same thing with the music we were talking about earlier. If it's your type of music that you like, that you're creating from your soul, it's you're surely going to find a group of people that will res- resonate with. Now, how large a group of people that is is going to dictate your success, of course. But there's going to be people out there that will work it'll work for. And the same thing with my agency here. I'm trying to start out the agency that I would want, and it'll surely resonate with the others who would are looking for the same type of a deal. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. So uh, we're only about ten minutes in here. <laughs> It seems like we we covered a lot already in ten minutes. Good grief! <laughs> uh, I could talk more. Lay it on me, man. So, uh, okay, we've covered influencer marketing, marketing, and playlisting. What about uh, you mentioned press kits and press releases? I know press kits are huge, and passing them around to everybody you can get one in front of that might actually take a peek at it is good. But how are you working press releases? Uh, that's that's an interesting one that I think a lot of listeners could really benefit from. Yeah, um, so there are 
there are sites to submit your press release. Unfortunately, I'm blanking on them right now, but I think there's one like, you know, PR.com. Um, there's just, if all you have to really do is Google the word submit a press release and yeah. you find no shortage of websites that where you can submit yours and you're going to want to also probably throw in there, submit a music press release so that you find the right people because you know i've submitted press releases for this project and that wouldn't be where you want yours to go obviously absolutely not no but yeah i've I've done that before with a previous agency i had i worked with a lot of smbs you know small medium businesses local shops mom and pop shops and whatnot various restaurants and um uh, landscape architects and a foundation repair company you know very various different companies like that and press releases were were really at that time they were really kind of being gamed a lot for SEO purposes mainly. Um, it was kind of after the whole like backlinking thing had died off. Google pretty well killed off a lot of that because they de-indexed a lot of those low quality article sites that have, there were thousands of them all over the internet that were just trying to game the system to get backlinks that were complete garbage. People would spin, you know, it was it was people would spin articles. They'd write one article and run it through some software that would spit out a hundred different versions of it. They were all just slightly reworded, and they wound up sounding like somebody that was not an English native English speaker tried to write it in English, and it was usually really hard to read if you could even make sense of it at all. But they would spin it out to hundreds of different article submission sites and get hundreds and thousands of backlinks coming back to their site. And all Google was looking at was like, oh, okay, well, that has these terms. It must be relevant, and it's linking back to there, so boom, we'll give it more rank. Mm-hmm. Well, they finally figured out people were gaming that system, and they not only did they change the algorithm, and then they put in an all-new algorithm, but then they also de-indexed a lot of those those low-quality pages or websites and article directories like that. So after that, people started using the PR, the press releases, as another way of gaming Google. They were getting a lot of press release links back to their site, which looked more authoritative. But I think Google's actually has taken action on that too. So now they're they're more selective as to how they index those links and how they how they uh, weight them as far as SEO purposes go. Okay, yeah, Google changes so fast and so often. Yeah, every other day it seems like. Yeah. But yeah, fortunately, fortunately, you know, for musicians, we're not beholden to. Insta to Google hardly at all. I mean, nobody is going to go on Google and say, uh, find me a new EDM artist. No, they're going to go to Instagram or to Facebook or to Twitter and search over there. They're not going to Google to look for that sort of thing. So we're not really beholden to them as much. Yeah, exactly. And that's true about Instagram, especially. Um, I have used it to find new fans for several artists and it's it's very it can be very powerful like uh for one artist he, i even doubled his engagement and his story views like and nice. yeah and other other artists you know the, those clicks to the the song link in their bio are just going up and up and up it's just it's amazing to watch if you find the right people and it's not hard to do with the targeting options that are available especially if you're, you you run some swipe up ads through like the facebook ad manager over on instagram oh it's you can you can hyper target like just to a geographic area if you want to. It's it's really pretty crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. And then um Whoa, sorry, total blank. Um <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If you wanna to uh to basically to find the post to interact with on Instagram, all you have to do is search a relevant hashtag like 
hashtag indie music and then find a top post and then interact with the people who like that post. Absolutely. It's, it's amazing. I do that. That's how I've, I've built like, the autonomy talent. Instagram account is only right now at about 200 followers because I just started it um, in November and I haven't done any kind of stupid stuff, you know, like for like or follow for follow or any of that kind of nonsense. I'm just going in, and I haven't been as diligent about it as I, as I could have been because I've had too much other stuff to try to get ready to get going for this. But that's um, how I've been doing it. I've been following relevant hashtags, going in and just interacting with those posts and the people who are posting and commenting on it. Yeah, that's huge. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure you found me through a uh, hashtag search like that on podcasting, I would assume. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I picked up right up on that. I was like, oh, yeah, I just posted something about podcasting like five minutes earlier. <laughs> next thing I know, here you were. You just added me as a friend. I was like, hey, Sweden. So I just went and checked out your, your stuff, what you're doing. And uh, Hey, I need to talk to this dude. And isn't that cool? Instagram totally just brought us together. Exactly. <laughs> And it can bring people together with their fans or with people to collaborate with and there's pretty much anything you're looking for. It's amazing. It's, you know, honestly, it's the only social networking app that I, I work, I work with. It's just, it's, it's all. Really? I've ever did. Yeah. Cause I'm like deep into Twitter too, but I have been for since like 08, 09 and it's still popping. I'm, I'm shocked. Like my daughter is 12 and the kids at her school, Twitter is still one of the biggest social apps they're all still using I was, oh, yeah. I was i was shocked to learn that it's like good grief in middle school they're still popping on twitter <laughs> yeah um twitter is actually the other one that i find is hackable and that you can really make progress with just by doing you know those kind of interactions and uh you know a great place to send messages and network for sure um so i do still handle twitter for clients if they're interested so you don't mess with actually f the facebook proper property at all uh, just Facebook ads. Those are no problem to run, but, uh, Facebook itself, I don't typically, that's not, I don't find that hackable. You know, I don't find that you can just interact until you grow. I've found it works for some things, but not others. And I guess that's probably has a lot to do with the, uh, the demographic that's there, but like I do I'll run a meme page on Facebook and it's got, um, currently about 8,000, 7,000, 7,500 or so like that likes on that page. And it, every post I put on there will get a couple of thousand impressions and several, at least a couple hundred, you know, people that like, like or ha ha it or whatever. And it's just for fun. I'm not doing anything to make any money off of it. It's actually where I do a lot of experimenting and testing on ads and such, but, um, it's done fairly well over there. But then I try the same tactics for autonomy on, pardon me, on Facebook and it does not perform as well. It just for, I get, artists just aren't really that active on Facebook. It seems these days. Neither are their fans. Right, right. That is that's been my experience too. I mean, if, I guess if you were an artist like uh, you were an older artist that's been established like from 30, 40, 50 years ago, and you know a lot of your target market is on Facebook, it might work better for you there, but. Like if you were a, a winger doing a freaking reunion tour or something like that, or Tone Loke coming out of retirement, something from way back in the day, um, that might work for you there. But not so much with newer artists. Yeah, that I would say that's completely true. 
That actually reminds me that uh, so the third part of the trifecta would be email, uh, which is supposed oh, yes. to be forty times more effective than Facebook, which is really cool. Um, and and I every think, year you hear people talking about how all oh, email's dead. It's like mm, yeah, no. <laughs> every year, you know, I just read a read a, an article with the headline "Email's not dead." <laughs> so. Uh, and really, for music, it is not. It's a it's a great way to be creative and to you know show who you are to your fans and kind of you can even kind of brand yourself through your email, tell your story, you speak in your own tone, uh, you know, just talk about your life uh, and remind people to listen, remind people that you're going on tour, remind people that you're launching an album. Uh, e- email is just a great way to stay in front of your fans. Absolutely, as long as you don't bombard them like and the have you started doing any of the texting the texting platforms that are becoming so popular these days you know i have not yet i have not either i just registered with one yesterday to kind of test it out for myself and so i can kind of see how it's going to work for clients moving forward but i know that a lot of the really big name artists are doing it like i think um i think um he did. He was like the first one to really kind of start doing that in the entertainment world. But now, like all the comedians, my brother was on my our, my first episode, and he was telling me that like all the big name comedians, like Burt Kreitzer and Joe Rogan, and all those guys, they all have it, and they all have a number you can text, and they can just mass text out, it's just like an emailing list, but it's via SMS, and it's. They're like they can geo-target it, so if they're gonna be in a certain area, they can just send a text out to just the Toledo, Ohio area, saying, "Hey, I'm gonna be in town Friday night. You should come down and check out my show." You know, and it's really, really cool. I first um, experienced it last spring. I took my daughter to her first concert. We went and saw one of her new, her favorite bands, one of mine from way back when. We actually, I took we took her to see Metallica. Oh, nice! And they. They they are they're proud of their tickets these days, but they they did that at the beginning of their show. Before the show, they had like the screens up there, and they would every once in a while they'd flash a number across there and text this number for a chance to win backstage passes. So I'm like, well, hell yeah, if I can get my kid backstage to go meet them these guys, you better believe it. Oh, it was a VIP pass or something like that. So I I did, and I've been on their list. And they might text something out like once every month or two. It's not like they're bombarding you, but they just kind of keep in touch a little bit there. It's really a pretty damn good idea. No, I really love that. Um, I'm going to have to look into that for sure. Same here. Like I said, I'm just starting to experiment with it a little bit. Nice. And I was noticing on your website that you, uh, you obviously use your email marketing uh, I saw your pop up when I first came on to to reg- register for your to sign up for your email list. I haven't yet, but I will later. Um, looking at your website, you, it's quite interesting. I see you you have uh, some connections to the ca- cannabis industry as well. I do. Yeah, that's um the other major area that I'm working in these days. Excellent. I have actually have a guy in that since. Oklahoma recently legalized. He's he lived here. He was my bass player in my first band, actually, and he moved off to Oklahoma to start a commercial grow operation up there. So I've got a, a connection 
there and it seems like music and cannabis just have gone together like a hand in a glove for decades now so i i'm definitely gonna be looking for some chances to collaborate with him i'm trying to get him to come down to sit here live with me in the studio to go uh do a, a podcast with him as well soon so that should be fun that'd be great yeah i'd, I'd be interested to see that episode hmm. Well, Vince, what else do you have for us today? <laughs> um, I think the 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 I think there's a fourth um, big thing that you need to do as a musician, and I think that would be branding yourself, which oh, means yeah. not just your sound, but I mean it goes into the clothes that you wear, the way that you speak on social media, and in your emails if you do email. Um, and then it really just comes down to like the what's wise and how's, you know, what what defines your sound, what are your values as a person, what are your values as a musician, and how does the music you make reflect that? Uh, and you really want to kind of express this through a mission statement, which is like a three to five sentence statement about who you are and what your what basically what the point of you is. And right. what, yeah, um, makes sense. Yeah, one great way to uh, start figuring out what your brand is is to pinpoint three to five other artists that you really admire and then kind of figure out their brand and see what overlaps and what is different that's a great idea you see what other people are doing that's working yeah absolutely and then you'll want to uh pick some keywords to kind of define your tone of voice some keywords to define the sound of your music and then just it's all about your logo your website you want it all to be kind of visually similar Exactly. You've got pay attention to your color schemes. Uh, use the same color schemes everywhere so that you you're recognizable. Um, all that stuff. The branding is hugely important, and even down to the voice. You mentioned something about the voice of your of your group or whatever it happens to be. Like I found that this is can be an issue with bands in particular. Like if you have four or five members in a band, if multiple ones are like go jumping into the Facebook page to comment and make posts and stuff. It can kind of seem a little um, disjointed. Uh, it's best to have like one person who is the voice of the band. That's typically the one that shares and does the posting. So other people can jump in there once in a while, but be sure to like mention like, Hey, this is, this is Jay, the bass player for, you know, yada, yada band over here. And so they know that this is not, just the uh, like official this is just one of the dudes in the band that's popping up to say something so it, it makes it it makes it makes the audience able to wrap their brain around it and understand what is actually happening here so it just keeps everything in line yeah no exactly and you want to you know like you were saying you want to do that on stage off stage anywhere that you're communicating with your fans uh without your music you know exactly Typically, that'd be the singer, but I know a lot of times it's somebody else who's like the public voice of the band. Like I've referenced back to Metallica again, their public voice, for better or for worse, <laughs> has always been their drummer, Lars. He's been the guy that's the public face of the band, typically, and not when they're not performing. Right. Yeah, and the face of the band is part of your brand. So whoever the front man is, is kind of the, the face of your brand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's the person that everybody's going to see the most. I think we really covered some good ground here, Vince. 
great. I feel like, yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. We're going to have to do it again soon. Anytime. Well, I guess we're pushing the 30-minute mark, so we should probably just go ahead and call it for today. Let you get back to your day. I know you've got a lot going on, as I can really relate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure we'll both have a very busy Saturday. Oh, I've already, I've been up for like three or four hours already, and I've already gotten about four or five different projects that are all in various states of completeness this morning. So, <laughs> Sounds good. I've got some photography work I'm doing and all kinds of stuff. So, nice. All right, Vince. Well, I appreciate it, man. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And I'll be catching up with you uh, back on Instagram soon, man. All right. Talk anytime. Uh, uh, take care, brother. Bye-bye. Wow, that was a lot of fun. Vince is a sharp dude. He's got a lot of good insights that uh, you should be able to really learn something from him. I know I sure did. I encourage you to visit not only his Instagram account at forgecollective.agency, but that's also his website, forgecollective.agency. These will, uh, this link and the others will also be included in the show notes. And of course, always follow Autonomy Talent wherever you wherever you happen to hang out. I don't know if you're on Twitter most or Instagram, Facebook. Follow us on YouTube. We share a lot of little like two to three minute long, very tactical, very narrow, task-oriented tutorial videos on there. And just keep keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to the show. Greatly appreciate it. And until next time, take care. And remember to always live 